Thanks to Dr. Danny Waxman from Central Cosmetic in Hawke's Bay. Danny joins me now. Hello. Hi there. How are you? Good. Thank you for your time today. Can you begin by telling us a bit about your professional background? Um, yeah, sure. Um, so um, I qualified as a, um, a doctor way back, so um, back in uh, 1996 over in the UK. And I was working in the hospitals over there and some general practice and then moved over to New Zealand 2001. Carried on working in general practice um, until about, well, then about 16 years ago, roughly, um, I started to get into cosmetic medicine. Carried on doing the general practice as well. But um, in the end, the cosmetic medicine kind of took over, really, just um, through a lot of word of mouth and getting busier and busier and popularity. Yeah, you were obviously... You were obviously happy to move into that area. What was the appeal? Yeah, um, it's, it's a bit more fun, I'd have to say. Um, a little bit less paperwork um, as well. Um, patient satisfaction is, is, is obviously great as well on the whole. I do miss some aspects of, of general practice, however, still. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just nice to, to do um, what I really love doing as well. So would I, yeah, and would I be right in thinking that not every practitioner of cosmetic medicine would actually be a doctor? Is it a bit of a mix? Yeah, so you could either be a, um, a doctor or a nurse to be able to, be able, or able to um, administer Botox because it's a prescription medicine. However, um, dermal fillers, um, currently they're different. Unfortunately, they're only classified as a medical device, so not an injectable in New Zealand. So that means pretty much anyone can actually buy and administer those, unfortunately. Which So New Zealand hopefully will be um, tightening up its regulations in the next few years to fall in line with the UK that's also done the same just recently. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. lots of texts through, so I'll, I'll sort of pepper my own uh, questions for you, Danny, with uh, those of listeners. Uh, like this person yeah. who says, if you get one treatment of Botox and then decide yeah. not to continue, will the lines be worse than if you hadn't done it at all? That's a really commonly, uh, frequently asked question, actually. It's a good question. Not at all. Um, what will happen is, because it's just a temporary um, treatment, gradually the lines will slowly reappear. Um, it will take them longer to reappear to reappear than they would have done if you hadn't had any treatment. But they certainly don't come back worse than they were to begin with. If anything, um, a little bit softer for longer. Okay, yeah. good but to it's know. Not, but it's not a permanent treatment. Yeah. What have you noticed about the stigma, if any, around getting work like this done in New Zealand? Has it changed much over the last few years since you've been doing it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so definitely over the, probably the last five years, um, there's a little bit less of a stigma, um, possibly because more people seem to be getting it done. Um, thanks to COVID in some ways, a lot of people, um, when they were seeing themselves on Zoom meetings, they suddenly were seeing how they looked at other people and how their faces appeared in, in animation and certain angles. And it made them want to, to do something about it. So, um yeah, there's, 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 there's definitely still a stigma for sure, um, and especially in the smaller towns, you know, like I'm working in Havelock North, um, say somewhere like, say, Wellington and Auckland, there might be a bit less of a mm. kind of stigma attached to it for sure. And compared to, say, the UK, um, yeah, definitely New Zealand has still got that attached to it. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, and I suppose you know you might think it's not for you, but then perhaps you have a friend or family member who who does it, and you think, oh, that looks all right, and they've only got positive things to say about it, and so suddenly you're thinking, well, maybe I could do it. Yeah, I mean that's that's usually the way it kind of works is um, that it, the best recommendation is through word of mouth or somebody else they see like oh well I would have never been able to tell that you'd had something done but I could tell that you were looking you know fresh or you're looking good I couldn't pick what it was and then getting a recommendation of someone that they can go and see and that they can be assured that they're not going to end up looking. Um, you know, plastic or frozen or, you know, overfilled and all those kind of things that unfortunately you do see a lot on the social media and on the television as well. Yeah. Do you um, have a chat to someone before they get it done to make sure they're doing it for, I was going to say the right reasons, who knows what the right reasons are, but to make sure they um, really want what they're asking for and that they understand what they're doing. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're an expert on the risks, but I guess just to yeah. almost describe it as a, as a counselling session or a bit of a chat before they commit. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So um, every um, before I see anyone for the first time, um, I'll do a full consultation and just to find out what their main concerns are. There's also a body dysmorphia questionnaire that's recently been introduced as well. Um, it's full-blown in Australia at the moment and also being used in New Zealand. That's basically picking up the people that it's more of a psychological issue, so kind of no amount of um, cosmetic treatments or what mm. have you are going to help them feel better in themselves. Um, so I actually was going to be a psychiatrist. <laughs> I didn't tell you that bit, but I was going to be a psychiatrist <laughs> before I was a general practitioner, so that comes in quite handy as well. So I'll bet, yeah. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you feel responsible. You want people to be leaving glad that they've done what they've done and, and not regretting it, uh, either in the short term or the oh, long term. Sure. Yeah, because I, I would feel, I feel terrible in myself if somebody felt bad about um, how they looked after they'd had some treatment with me. But it's, it's almost the opposite. People, um, it gives people a, a boost of confidence almost that they start to feel a little bit better about themselves and somehow because they feel that they look a bit better how they look on the outside to people they project um a better image to other people as well so people seem to receive them better they say and in their work as well and their employees say yeah yeah and what do you say to the objection danny that people would be happier um overall if they didn't try and stop the aging process if they accepted who they were and and who they you know what their body was doing as a natural thing and didn't try and chase youth in this oh, sort of way absolutely each to their own yeah i'm i'm, I'm not for like i'm not a big advocate saying you've got to have this done it's it's a personal choice um really like like anything like say dyeing your hair or putting makeup on or things like that so it's up to the individual um and everybody you know it's nice to maintain a natural look anyway and to just to let and there are a lot of nat more natural treatments as well that are done now I also provide PRP treatments, which is platelet-rich plasma treatments. That's using your own blood spun down. Sounds a bit um, unnatural, but it's using your own blood. And that stimulates your own stem cells to stimulate your own natural collagen and elastin. So there are other ways of um, doing treatments if people aren't wanting to go down the Botox route, for example. Is yeah. that what you referred to then? Is that that so-called uh, vampire facial? Yeah, yeah, yeah made um made well known by um, Kim Kardashian that's the one yeah okay <laughs> so I provide stuff... those treatments 
Does well, this stuff hurt, Danny? <laughs> uh, the Botox needles themselves are really tiny. They're the same ones that the insulin-dependent diabetics use to give themselves insulin each day, so they're really tiny. So no, not even like a bee sting. Um, and then for the dermal fillers, for instance, they've got lidocaine, so the stuff that makes you numb, say, at the dentist, that's already in, in the product. Plus, I use numbing injections and numbing creams and what have you. So basically to make it as, as painless as possible, really. So it's not incredibly painful now. Someone asks, how do you know if you're going to a qualified place for treatment? I guess the broader question is, how do you know if you're going to a reputable place for treatment? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so on there's, a, there's the New Zealand Society um, um, for Cosmetic Medicine, um, and that on, the, on there, if you look online, NZSCM, it's got a list of all the registered members and doctors working in New Zealand. All of those doctors have undertaken two years training in cosmetic medicine and obtained the diploma in, um, in cosmetic medicine. But prior to that, they're also fellows of the College of GPs. So there's a requirement for them to be of a certain standard of doctor in the first place. So that's, that's for the doctors. Um, and as for the nurses, um, they are they, there's a requirement for them to be supervised by a, a doctor also that is practicing in the field. And so it's a good question just to basically, if you don't know who their uh, supervising doctor is, ask who they are and whether they are on site or are they um, remotely um, supervising them from another location. That's a good question. Yeah. What age would people be when they come in and see you about Botox? Uh, on average, probably say mid thirties, something like that. I would say, um, but sometimes older in forties and fifties for the first time as well. Um, so yeah, it, it really depends. There's been a, a little bit more for us. Um, an upsurgence of younger, the younger generation coming for it for what's called like preventative Botox where they might not necessarily even have any lines or wrinkles but they're wanting to have it before a line sets in. Um, I'm not completely convinced that that's, I don't, it's not really a treatment that I prefer to do because um, I think, yeah, it's it's nice to have some a few lines anyway to just look natural. Yeah, mm. yeah speaking of looking natural... Uh, do you see people on TV or, you know, in, uh, online or magazines or whatever like the rest of us do and think, man, they've gone too far? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's a shame. It's a really a shame. And, and I also think to myself, well, why was that person allowed to do that? Because surely the person treating them should have been able to say no at some point. But I do get that. Even if one person says no, they could just go elsewhere and they will always find somebody else that's happy to um, inject them mm. and do what they want. Mm. But I, I've said no um, on occasions before, to, um, especially with dermal fillers, where I felt that somebody, um, they, they don't need any more filler. They've had maybe too much already or things are just right as they are. So I've said no and they've, they've gone away and they've been happy enough about it. So I'm more than happy to do that. Because I, I see that if I do treat them, it's a, it's kind of a bad advertisement for me if I'm going to make somebody look over-treated and yeah. I wouldn't feel good about it myself. I, presu I presume yeah. you don't want people to look like they've had a cosmetic treatment. I mean, you want them to yeah. look, quote, better, but you don't want people saying, oh, that's that, uh, that treatment's oh, gone well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's right. And that's what most people are wanting these days is that kind of, uh, that just natural look, looking a little bit refreshed, like they might have had a holiday or something like that or a haircut or something. People can't really spot exactly what it is they've had done, but they just look a little bit more refreshed and rejuvenated. Yeah. yeah. How often do you have to keep doing it to maintain the look? Um, it, it's on, on general for, for, for Botox. So, so Botox, sorry, is one of the names. Um, botulinum toxin is actually the, the product that's used, but Botox mm. is one of the trade names. Um, on average, about every four months approximately, um, there's also dye support or disport that I provide, and that has a little bit more longevity with it, say four to five months. But saying that, I see some people that only come, say, every six months because I just want to kind of just keep it looking nice and natural and let it wear off a little bit in between and then just top it up that way. So it's it's really a preference. And if, like I said before, if you decide that it's not for you, um, it's easy enough not to have it done again without um, there being any bad effects on your skin or anything yeah. like that. And can you give us... Can you give us an indication of cost? Ash is listening. She wants to know, um, you know, sort yeah. of ball, ballpark for a for a frown line, for example. Yeah. So on average, say for the average frown line, I would use say um, twenty units um, of Botox, um, which I charge is four four hundred and forty dollars in total. Okay. Yeah, for twenty units. Yeah. The, thank you. Um, what's the go with Botox for migraines? says someone, I don't mind my lines, but I'd love to reduce or eradicate yeah. my migraines. Is that a thing? Absolutely, yeah. I see quite a few um, patients for migraine treatment and migraine relief. Um, it's given to specific um, trigger points or injections, usually around the neck muscles or even parts of the face where they experience the headache or migraine. And uh, it works really well, generally lasting approximately six months, sometimes up to eight months. So it's, it's a great treatment yet for it and is actually um, approved as a treatment for chronic chronic headaches and migraines. Yeah. Oh, Unfortunately, how it's not funded. Right. <laughs> it's the only thing. Um, yeah. It is in some countries um, such as the UK and Australia, but not uh, currently in New Zealand still. Yeah. What would be the percentage of your clients that came for, I guess you'd call it clinical medicine rather than appearance medicine? Clinical. Yeah, um, possibly... Fifteen percent, yes, is definitely lower. Um, yeah. I see some people for um, axillary hyperhidrosis, which it's basically over sweating under the armpits. Um, so that's a common treatment as well that I do, which is a medical um, treatment. To um, also for um, teeth grinding, um, if they're told really? by the dentist, it might be yeah, grinding their teeth at night, which is wearing away their enamel. Um, then you can have Botox injections given just into specific um, muscles in the face, the masseters, which are, yeah, and it works really well as well. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> someone asks on text 2101 if you've got a question for Dr. Danny Waxman, who is talking about cosmetic medicine in our expert segment today. Uh, she works at Central Cosmetic in Hawke's Bay. Uh, someone says, can 60-year-olds have Botox or do we have too many wrinkles? <laughs> Yes, I frequently say 60-year-olds um, having Botox and even for the first time as well. Um, so Botox is great for if you just want to say um, it works on the muscles. So if you're happy just to soften some of the lines, it's not going to eradicate or take away lines, which would look natural anyway. 
but especially for say frown lines or a little bit around the eyes or, or forehead, something like that, then yes, it can still be used. Um, but that's when, if people want a little bit more where they, they feel that they want the lines to look less obvious or softer after that, after the Botox, that's when dermal fillers can come into play and be used a little bit for volume loss as well. But it's not always necessary. It's a personal choice. Yeah. Someone asks, are chemical peels still a thing? I don't think I know what those are. Yeah, that, yeah, they are. Um, I, it's not really a treatment that I provide um, a lot of. I provide a what's called the three-minute lunchtime peel, which is mm-hmm. using a retinoic acid, retinol, which is vitamin A. Um, so, yes, they are, and they are very good, um, especially if, obviously, administered by the, the right people. So, yes, they're, they're still used um, and very good, yeah. And um, you've mentioned fillers a couple of times. What are those? So fillers are made of um, hyaluron or hyaluronic acid, which is a natural substance that we've got in our bodies. But basically from the mid-20s, we lose about 1% of our collagen or hyaluronic acid a year. So generally by the age of 50, um, we've lost, say, approximately 40% of our skin's collagen content. So hyaluronic acid is basically replacing, is used to replace where volume has been lost in the skin. So hyaluronic acid normally creates that nice, plump, smooth appearance, hydration of the skin. So um, that's that's how it's used. Yeah. And if we see somebody, I keep thinking of Australia for some reason. I, I feel like it's Australian reality shows where I've seen this. Um, we see yeah. someone on TV, Probably. you think, man, they've overdone it. Is that usually... Is that usually about fillers? Generally, yes. Yeah, it, it's the, it would be the case. Um, unless somebody's got just that little frozen look where they just have no expression whatsoever, then that could be Botox as well. They've just been, you know, overtoxed and had too much treatment. So they haven't got any movement at all of their face. But, yeah, say if those lips that are coming around the corner before they do, then it's probably a case <laughs> of um, being overfilled. Yeah. 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 And asking you with your psychiatrist hat on, do you think it's addictive? Well, addictive is kind of a loaded term, but is it just one of those things that once you've done it, you just want more and more and more? I think in the case of it, it's addictive insofar as um, it's, it, it's satisfying to have done. So generally you like the results. But in terms of do you want it more and more, occasionally I see people and they, they worry that, they're, you know, are they going to end up down that road? And I say to people, look, I would say no. I, I'll say no to you if I don't think you need any more. And I often do. So people will come back and say, look, I think I need a little bit more here and here. I say, well, to be honest, um, it looks natural as it is. So if I were you, I would just leave it at that. I wouldn't add any more. So, um I guess there is that danger, but that's where you rely on your um, cosmetic injector yeah. to guide you correctly. Because presumably yeah. you're looking at yourself in the mirror all day and, and losing track of what you used to look like, whereas if someone else, if I see someone and I yeah. haven't seen them for a couple of years, I'll notice straight away if I've done a lot, right? But it must be hard yeah, to keep track yeah. of as an, uh, of your own face. Yeah, 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 that's a really good point. Yeah, that's right. Or, or say if you're surrounded by other people that are having similar kind of things done, then you see that as your norm, that that is your norm. But it's, yeah, it's not necessarily. So it's good to um, try and keep, keep insight and rely on your practitioner to guide you as well to um, not, not over-treat you. Yeah. yeah. 
Somebody says the most noticeable overdoing it is women's lips that look like duck bills. What are they doing there? Yeah, um, it's generally a case where they've um, put either too much product in the lip itself, and then what can happen is it will migrate. So it goes over the that, that red white border, so the vermilion border of the lips, where um, you've got that natural the pink border of the lips and the white skin above. It'll actually migrate the foot because there's nowhere else for it to go. So the person will end up with filler that moves is up above the lips as well, and it just it just yeah looks terrible, looks wrong. And um, fortunately, there is something that can be done um, if they're happy to have the treatment, which is hyalase, which will dissolve the hyaluronic acid um, filler and get rid of it completely. Yeah, Jill so says. Yeah, sorry. Jill says she's listening to the interview and she's feeling very grateful for the Botox she got in her neck muscles three monthly yes. for a rare neurological disorder. Um, she said it's been life changing for her and provided by our great health system. That's a nice story. Yes, yes, absolutely. At the hospital, they do. Um, yeah, for some people, they they do actually do um, fund some treatments and and for bladder dysfunction as well with people with overactive bladders and things like that. They're actually using it in the hospital as well and provided by the DHB. So it's fantastic. Yeah. Oh yes, someone, of- someone was asking about that for incontinence. Does it does it work? Um, it's more for um, a, an irritable bladder. So if the bladder's the bladder muscles are firing off too frequently then um, it, it relaxes the tone of the muscles of the bladder, so stops that. It's not so much for um, incontinence. Um, there may be other issues going on if that was the case, yeah. Someone says, yeah. is it true that Botox is made from um, brucellosis, um, and if so, won't the people catch that disease, which is very nasty? So it's it's made from um, the bacteria um botulinum which um so it's a type of bacteria sorry clostridium bacteria that produces botulinum toxin um in but in the doses that it's used um for medical treatments or cosmetic treatments it's used in very tiny micro doses um it's not uh dangerous at all it's been used for centuries and years for even for kids with some spasticity such as cerebral palsy and things like that, just to reduce um, increased tone in their limbs and, and, and what have you. So it is completely safe to use. Oh, uh, yeah. Are there any other side effects, anything you need to worry about before you do it? You would not um, want to be pregnant or breastfeeding. So we always make sure that, um, obviously, if that's relevant, that the person isn't pregnant or breastfeeding because you, um, it's, it's, it's a contraindication, basically, for um, to have it. It's not known to cause any harm, but Clearly, obviously, nobody's prepared to do any studies as to whether or not um, it does cause cause harm. Everyone is happy to put the hand up and say, oh, I'll have it while I'm, you know, breastfeeding or what have you. So, um, and the other thing is, if you've got any major neurological conditions, such as um, um, Guillain-Barre syndrome or Eaton-Lambert syndrome, which are weird and wonderful things that you, you, if you don't even know what they are, you, you generally wouldn't have, then you wouldn't be allowed to have um, Botox either. Um, yes. Yeah, so, but in terms of side effects, wise, probably the the, the commonest side effect um, for Botox would be about one percent of the population when they first have it, they get a mild headache in the first twenty four hours. Interestingly, which is is relieved with paracetamol, and there's a tiny bit of temporary redness which goes after twenty minutes. Um, but generally, 
nothing else after that. Bruising is very uncommon. Um, and you basically, you, I kind of look to make sure that I'm not putting it into anywhere where there's some obvious veins to see or anything because, yeah, you bruise them, you lose them. So yeah. <laughs> try not to do that. Thanks. Yeah. Kathy asks, do fillers stretch the skin so if you stop using them, your face will go saggy? Yep, I've been asked that one too. It's a good question. So, no, they don't. Um, they actually have been found at the dermal fillers to some degree to actually stimulate your own collagen as well. So wherever they're placed, you're actually going to get a little bit more collagen production. But anyone that's um, um, had, had the filler, it's not a huge amount that's put in. It's just very small amounts. And it's not actually stretching the skin. It's just put into a certain layer um, of, of the not, e- not even the skin, but underneath the skin. Um, just to help revolumize it. So if somebody were to stop then having dermal filler, then gradually the effects of it would go away. But it would take a good maybe year to two years. And they've offered, they've even done CT studies now and found that some people, even though dermal, hyaluronic acid dermal filler isn't but isn't permanent, people still have some residual um, hyaluronic acid dermal filler left in their bodies years later after treatment but not causing any harm. It's naturally broken down by the body over time, but usually over about one to two years, something like that. Somebody asks, uh, I'm in my early 60s and troubled by the small vertical lines above my upper lip. I've never smoked, but they seem to be quite noticeable now. What is the best treatment option, please? This is Danny Waxman, by the way, who I'm speaking to as we come up towards 3 p.m. Yeah. Um, Depending on personal choice, but um, probably the best option, um, uh, given the age and and what have you, and it would depend on the depth of the lines, but usually a dermal filler would be um, the best option. A very small amount of it placed just underneath where the lines are, just to not take them away completely, but just to soften out their appearance to help the skin appear more hydrated in that area. Um, for, For other people... Botox can also be used, but it's not quite as um, successful if the lines are deeper and what's called um, static lines that are there, even when people aren't kind of pursing their lips or doing that kind of motion. So um, a combination of the two is quite good, but probably in in the particular lady's case, I would say probably a small amount of dermal filler, hyaluronic acid dermal filler would be the best option. Quick question. Sorry, Danny. Sorry. Sorry, you finished that thought. Go ahead. <laughs> no, sorry, I was just going to say, um, and, and generally the results last about a year. Okay, yeah. thank you. A very quick question yeah. with 30 seconds to go. Do you see many blokes? Uh, yeah, well, not many, but about maybe 10% of, of my oh, practice, yeah. I do. Yeah, 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 for their Brotox, as I call it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Good. Hey, I really enjoyed talking yeah. to you today. Thanks so much for being so generous with your answers. No worries. No problem at all. Thanks, Jesse. Our mother expert on cosmetic medicine, Dr. Danny Waxman from Central Cosmetic in Hawke's Bay.